Good morning. So each of these mornings we will cumulatively add to the invitations that we've been offering around mindfulness. The actual pith of mindfulness, the invitation, you will find never changes. It's, it's simply about meeting the moment as it is. Um, the object and your life, of course, is in complete change from moment to moment, from day to day. And so this is why it's um, helpful to explore how to bring mindfulness to different experiences of our life. And as we move from the breath <clears throat> to the body and open to um, this um, field of the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows, which we sometimes call emotions. And, um, and as we said in, in the very beginning of the retreat, uh, it may seem that we're being linear in this unfolding from day to day. We start small and go larger. It's not as if you haven't had emotions since you've been here. Um, so, but we, we, br- we turn the attention um, uh, as a practice so that um, when both positive and difficult emotions arise for you um, in your life, you can actually use mindfulness to support you in, in where to go, in what choices to make, in what, what, how it can be supported by insight and wisdom. And really, you know, we know that we know, we know deeply that the, the field of our emotional lives is really complicated, but sometimes we just want it to be really simple. You know, just tell me how to deal with the emotions and I'll do it. You know, it's like those, those um, instead of, uh, this is where the internet really, you know, sort of subtly influences the, the vernacular of our life, that, that Sometimes we think of our emotions as those emoticons, you know, the smiley face and the screaming face, and, the, and then, you know, you put one in here, and then it's over with. There's that, um, there's the, a cartoon that I saw some time ago in which, you know, the, the spiritual icon of our Western psychology is the therapist, of course, and he's sitting there with, with his client and... And uh, the client's saying, uh, yeah, I still have these feelings. Can you up the dosage? <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't really have the invitation to go into the direct experience of these emotions. Because, as we say, we're constantly pushing the ones the way that we don't like and we actually are trying to cultivate the ones that, that feel good. And, and this happens on, on, on such small levels. You know, I, I, so this morning, you may notice that I have this, this persistent cough, and um, it's actually quite distressing, because uh, you know, I'm, I'm interrupting Michelle's Dharma talk, and I have all these self-judgments in my mind, and I'm worried about whether I'm going to get enough sleep, and... Um, and I can feel myself go into this place of, you know, 
despair or it's never going to get over. And then all of a sudden I have, a, I have a full night's sleep. And I wake up and I'm calm and I'm thinking, oh gosh, this is how it's going to be for the rest of the day. And then I have this huge coughing fit at like 5.30 in the morning and my mind just flips. You know, it's like this circuit breaker. And, 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 this is, and it's just a cough. This is, how, this is how, in terms of the foundations of mindfulness, the body is so related to each of the other foundations. And it's just a cough. How often do I do that when I'm living my life with people, with jobs, with you know, um, interactions and, and reading things in the newspaper? How often do I, am I aware that I have this full range of emotions, and, and that each emotion can be felt in the body. And so as we, as we enter this practice of noticing the emotional landscape, the invitation is to go back to the sensations of the body and just, how does the emotion show up? For the, for the more intense emotions like anger or grief or... Um, um, sadness, or even joy. You, you can feel the vibration. You can feel the heat. You can feel the expansiveness. But we actually feel every emotion. So this is where your curiosity can support you in your mindfulness. Because when there's a state of calm and tranquility, you can feel it in the body as opposed to just bleeping over it as, as uh, something that's neutral. You can actually be with the preciousness of the moment because it's showing up in the, in the sensations of the body. Even something as mild as an irritation can be felt in the body. And it really, just noticing how the sensations show up in the body are they pleasant? Are they unpleasant? Can really prevent the reactivity that sometimes occurs. You know, that when you get irritated, you just push it away. Or in the larger culture, when we get angry, we just meet it with anger. Because that's not always the best path. Um, it's not. It's not to say that that's not a possible path, but it's not always the best path. And, and to know when it is that you just need more time. Um, one of the uh, teachers at, at Mindful Schools in Oakland um, had this beautiful story of, of um, doing mindfulness, what we're doing you know, in homeroom, in, in inner-city Oakland schools for, you know, I don't know, 15 minutes every homeroom. And after a while, this nine-year-old boy came, came up to them and said, guess what? What? I just found out something. What did you find out? I just found out that when I get angry, I don't have to do anything about it. <laughs> that is profound. That is profound not just for that nine-year-old boy, but for a whole community. And so, 
you know, this emotional landscape and mindfulness is such a powerful tool for all of us. So really just invite the emotions, not, not, in terms of, not in terms of looking for them, but as they show up, just be with them. Just notice how does it feel in the body. What's, what's, what's your attitude towards them? Is it to push them away? And just to, it, just to notice that, if there's even aversion. And sometimes the experience of the emotion may not have a verbal association. You might not be able to name it. Not to worry. You know, some of the feelings that we have, some of the physical sensations we have as well, but certainly some of the emotional flavor of our life doesn't have words to it. So allow the concepts to, to drop. You don't need the mind to understand your experience what is really invited is just for you to notice the experience. Oh, there's something happening here. And as you meet these moments for what they are, whether they're the sorrows or the joys, you're always bringing this practice that, that Michelle was talking about, loving-kindness, metta. That's the constant cultivation that you're doing here. This is the, this is the, um, um, uh, this is this is the accumulation of both practice and merit and and benefit that you're offering to yourself and the world. The emotional landscape also, if you look at it as just energy. Certainly you can feel, you know, some of the more intense emotions like grief or, or anger as energy that goes through the body. It gets stuck when we personalize it. I am angry. I am depressed. I don't know if you've had this, this experience, but um, I remember one particular one in which um, I was at a workplace, and someone was raging at me. You know, that whole energy of hostility and, and aggression over something I was completely not involved with. You know, like, it, there was... I just didn't feel... I just felt the energy go through me because I didn't feel that, that there was an I there for me to be involved. That actually is happening all the time. So if you can... If you can just watch it as energy, it has, it, you have the ability to depersonalize from it and just watch, just like the breath, noticing it from the moment it begins, the length of the course, because it changes, and as it tapers and moves on to the next experience. But if we're constantly looking at a certain place of the... the Intensity, we're actually not living the present moment. And as you look into the intense emotions that may or may not arise, what is powerful about the practice of noticing the pleasant or unpleasantness 
is that you will find that in grief or sadness or even anger, there are some pleasant feelings. It's not all unpleasant. Be aware of it. Because without awareness, the mind can be seduced to want more of those pleasant sensations. And this is where we can feed the anger. We can make it grow. We can get self-righteous. So this is where awareness can actually help us just be with the anger itself. As long as you're mindful of the emotion itself, you're not lost in it. And really, to, uh, as I was saying, there are com- complex you know, uh, arisings in our life. It's not just about a, a light switch that you turn on and off. And so watch the organicity. Watch the ebb and flow. Watch the, you know, I was watching the, the emergence of calm when I wasn't coughing, and then the contraction when it happened again, and then the easing, and then the contraction again. That's just, you know, there's a rhythm in our life. There's a rhythm to our day. There's a rhythm to your sleep. There's a rhythm to everything that we live because this is, this is, how, um, this is how life goes. There's a certain biorhythm that each of you have. Allow your emotional field to also have that rhythm. Not about getting rid of or wanting more of a certain state. Lastly, there's this beautiful phrase, especially as, as in support for you, especially when, when, when difficult emotions do come up. And the phrase is, we cannot ask when difficult emotions come, why did this happen to me? Unless we ask the same question for every moment of happiness and joy that comes our way. That is the teaching of the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows. That when the difficult emotions come up, we sometimes can fixate. And that's all of who we are, and that is also not true. We are so much more than the difficulty that we're experiencing in the moment. And that's, that's the quality of mindfulness to remember who you are, that you are so much more than a particular difficulty that may be coming up. Thich Nhat Hanh has a beautiful phrase of, you know, when a problem arises, whether it's a physical problem or an emotional problem, where's the non-problem in your life? Because there is. You know, if you have a knee pain, there's some part of your body that isn't that knee pain. If there's a place of anger in your, in your experience right now, there is also a place of love. It's not to push away the anger or the knee pain. It's to hold it in a wider space so that you're holding all of your life. So I invite you to um, 
come into a position that you have become familiar with your practice, both allowing the body to be alert and relaxed. allowing the words of the morning to fall away and inviting the awareness into the physical sensations of the body, however it's arising for you. sensations after the morning meal, after the night's sleep, how is the body in this moment? How is the mind and how is the heart? Just allowing all of it to be. And in the landscape of your experience, If nothing shows prominence, allow the awareness to gently settle into a neutral sensation in the body or the breath. Allowing your awareness to experience that location as an anchor as a place to provide continuity of your mindfulness. Inviting the awareness to explore the details of either your breath or a location in your body.
and in the landscape of your awareness. If there are emotions that arise, allow your mindfulness to simply meet them for what they are. How does that emotional experience feel in the body? What is the vibration? What is the intensity? noticing of the experience is not being lost in it, simply noticing the experience and allowing the next moment to arise.
Is there an emotional flavor of your experience in this moment? And how is that for you? Is there contentment, irritation? Worry, sadness, happiness. Ease. Or maybe it's an experience beyond words. Inviting your awareness to rest in that experience.
Many of you have heard this passage before, but one of the reasons we have is because it's as brilliant and relevant today as it was when it was written 600 years ago by Rumi, called The Guest House. This being human is a guest house, every morning a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if there are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably they may be clearing out some they may be clearing you out for some new delight the dark thought the shame the malice meet them at the door laughing and invite them in be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond minutes for questions and answers. And before we go there, I just wanted to append the invitations, especially as you sit through the day and sometimes the the field of emotions can get quite intense, Um, uh, whether, you know, what they say is that when you sit on the cushion or the chair, your whole life comes up. It's actually much more intense than going into any kind of psychotherapy because, you know, you're only with that once a week. Here you are with yourself 24-7. So it gets sometimes pretty intense. Take care of yourself. You know, use the practice of loving-kindness. Gina will be talking about the the practices of compassion and forgiveness and, and use all of that, so that when you feel flooded, when you feel overwhelmed, take care of yourself and back off. It is not about, that, that intention is not about repressing or escaping or pushing away. It's a different intention. It's an intention to, to gather your resources so that you can come back with your awareness. So, so if there's something that feels dense, unknowable, frightening even. You know, come as close as you can. Be mindful of that incremental process. And when it feels as if there's a limit or a boundary or that sense of flooding, back off. You know, go to the non-problem. Not as an escape, but as a broadening of the, of the landscape. Um, I used uh, uh, this image um, in one of the groups yesterday. 
that these really strong emotions can be like this raging bull in a very small barn. And what happens to that scenario? The bull is probably going to hurt itself and it's probably going to destroy the barn. What happens when you put the raging bull in this spacious landscape with no boundaries? You know, the energy changes. So, um, so take care of yourself as you navigate this complex territory and, 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 and use that ebb and flow. This, this coming close and then backing off, that's another form of the organicity of the emotions. You know, the ebb and flow. That it's not just about this linear process of white-knuckling your way through to the other side. So any questions? Please. I, I would say it depends upon your intention. Oh, the, the question is, um, how is having the energy flow through you, how that, might that be different or mistaken from being oblivious or, or not taking responsibility for the situation that, that comes up? That usually happens when we're not conscious, when we're not mindful. Um, and so... Um, it really is, 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 what is the intention of our experience? Is it to be, is it to be present and, and to um, gain as much insight into what the information that's coming from us? Um, or is it to somehow um, deflect unpleasant feelings or painful feelings even? In which case, I can say, that's about you and not me. Right? So it's, it's, both, it's both, as we go into this practice, mindfulness is both an awareness of our internal experience and also the external information that's coming in for, to us. It's a both and. So thank you for that question. Please. Mm. I know it's anger, but I can't seem to work it through and let it go mm. until sort of some situation that's completely, you know, not connected. It just got triggered. And then, you know, I, I can feel my anger in my body mm. and it just kind of moves out. Mm. And I actually really appreciate and enjoy that feeling because it's, it's the process of letting go. Right. But I just don't know how to. You know what I mean? When it's just holding. So she was saying that she doesn't know how to work with um, anger. Um, um, she has a sense that, that 
that uh, it comes into her experience and then moves out, which has, sometimes has a pleasant feeling to it. And so I just want to validate that already you're noticing how, the impact of your experience on your body and that it has. And so really to allow the awareness to come even closer, just like the breath. We practice with the breath or the walking that it's not just staying with the breath for a sitting, but it's actually refining your awareness deeper and deeper into these life experiences. So let go of the breath. We focus on on the experience of anger. We get to know it deeper and deeper in terms of how does it manifest in in our experience as it expands out, as it, as you release it. Is that release? Um, is that release with mindfulness as well? Because sometimes we can release the anger and actually act out. And that acting out usually comes from a place of not being mindful. But if we hold our, our awareness to the situation, we can still release the anger and not necessarily cause more harm in the world. Does that make sense? The other thing, interesting thing about anger, and I always try to look at what's interesting, because that's one of the factors of awakening, curiosity, investigation. It's hard to be mindful of something that you're bored with. So I try to find what's interesting, and one of the things that's interesting about anger is, this may seem like a, you know, like a, a, um, I don't know, like a reduction, but all anger is either is it comes from two causes wounded ego or frustrated desire and so it's not that i want to reduce all of my anger to one of those two things but it's an interesting place to notice okay so because i think that sometimes anger you know i don't deserve it or or it's unfair or so what is, what is the characteristic of this universal, what is the universal part of this energy? And so those two invitations have helped me explore. Is this ego, desire? It could be collective desire. It could be about injustice. It could be about you know, unfairness in the world. That's still, there's still a desire for freedom. But it's still relevant to how I relate to anger. Thank you for that question. Frustrated desire or wounded ego. And it could be either personal desire or collective desire. It could be personal ego or the ego of a community. Savannah? distant or blocked off from emotion, which has made me feel ultimately frustrated or bored or just dull um, and very much in that little uh, barn. I'm wondering about whether coming to the body or the breath, ways to be with that non-emotion. Right, right. So Savannah is, is, is... is talking about the place of 
feeling a little numb or or not not feeling the emotions that 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 may have been in previous retreats and so the first place that i I would invite you is is um, is into this place of noticing the pleasant, unpleasant, or neutrality of our our life, because we actually are really good at living the highs and the lows of our life. You know, when we're really happy, but when we're really sad, we can wallow in that place. <laughs> you know, we can get pretty attached to the anger or the depression or. You know, we miss so much of this middle piece. And I guess my question to you is, is that, that, is the possibility that that might be what's happening? Is that there is this place of things not being great, they're not horrible, they're just as they are, and we want them to be great or horrible because it's more interesting. <laughs> but is this the place of contentment? Is this the place when you don't need anything else? Is this the place in which everything is sufficient? You know, because our world is about more. I want more. I want more calm. I want more tranquility. <laughs> I want the sitting to be, you know, longer. But is it just okay? This and so, so then the invitation is really to cr- invite that possibility that there's nothing wrong with, as opposed to you know, even the word numb has a little bit of a value judgment to it. So see if you can experience it without labeling it. And then, you know, maybe there is a numbness because there's something underneath, but you'll find your way into that. You'll, you'll be able to discern, is it something that is, that is being held back, or is it something that can open you into a completely new field of experience? Make sense? Hmm. I have time for another? Yes, please. So she was um, wondering about the wisdom of emotions and and how um, uh, sometimes uh, uh, I, I think I'm paraphrasing, but there's a there's an intuitive wisdom to the emotions, but also sometimes there can be a toxicity that's 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 conditioned by the by the culture. And I think that's where mindfulness will help you discern um, which emotions are coming from that intuitive place. Which emotions are that lead to less suffering and more happiness in your life and in, the, and in the experience of the world? And which emotions actually cause more suffering? And this is... This is where the powerful, 
of mindfulness is so important in every aspect of our life, whether it's the body, whether it's the mind, whether it's the heart. Because both the heart-mind, both our thoughts and our emotions, can be used for incredible goodness in the world and incredible destruction. And it's the choice point that we make consciously that, that mindfulness supports. Thank you. So um, I have a bunch of um, announcements. They're a little bit more than announcements. Um, uh, we're sort of um, gathering the reins in a little bit because it feels um, um, it feels beneficial for all of us. And so a couple of requests. One is. Um, during the meditations, and especially the Dharma talks, please arrive on time and try not to leave until the ending of the session because it disturbs the energy of the room, of course. If you absolutely have to leave, be mindful of the kind of steps that you make on this wooden floor because it can, it can also be... Uh, um, you know, I, everybody can hear it as well. Um, if you signed up as practice leaders during the morning, um, just remember to do it. Um, and also, uh, at the at the sitting right before noon, I'm going to come in and and do uh, invitations to eating meditation. So, so um, whoever is is is. Um, uh, doing that sitting, I'll probably end the sitting a little bit early. Please sign your notes. We can't respond to them without, you know, um, your name on them. Uh, and then, and and this is tricky, um, but we really ask you not to use your cell phones um, in, especially in public areas, and especially in the residential halls. I actually heard one ring last night. And, um, and so uh, please turn them on vibrate. And if you actually, and please don't actually answer the call in the residential hall because the walls are pretty paper thin. Um, and, you know, go to either the, um, uh, the parking lot or somewhere else that, that, that um, but really the invitation is to try to, again, use this precious time for practice. Um, there will be time to connect. And of course, we also acknowledge that there are urgent situations that arise. Some of you um, um, may also have come as, um, as partners, and, um, but this has to do with everyone. And really, we're trying to... Uh, reaffirm this this uh, invitation into noble silence. So, um, again, just to support you, that if you do need to um, talk about something, that any one of us um, or the managers are available to process an issue that comes up. And we really ask you, even if you're coming with your partner, there is such a beauty in just 
being in a completely um, intimate relationship with someone and not having to communicate with them. It actually deepens the quality of intimacy. I know that when Stephen and I go on retreat together, we may sit together at dinner, um, but we actually don't interact. And there's a, there's a different experience that we have when we come back out. So, um, again, just, that's not just for couples, but it's also for all of us, um, because it is an intimate space that we're creating for all of us. So, uh, at dinner we were talking that it's not just radical in the communities of Dharma that this retreat is occurring. We think that it's pretty revolutionary in the world that we're creating this space for, for, the, for our communities to gather to just be in such safety. And so um, that is the preciousness that, that we have together. So thank you for your practice. And have a beautiful day in this beautiful weather. And so now it's time to go to both interviews and uh, morning yoga. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.